0: Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Blessed is he who has regard for the weak. The Lord delivers him in times of trouble, so we read in Psalm 41, Colin. Yes, now we've seen how wonderful the Psalms are in talking about our relationship with God, how we can put our trust in him, how he's always concerned about the circumstances of our lives, how he lifts us out of, of, of the pit, out of the mar and the clay, how he sets our feet upon the rock. It, it's all wonderful in the way that God meets our personal needs. And uh, now we, we, we see here in this psalm that we are blessed when we're not just concerned about ourselves, but when we have regard for others. Blessed is he who has regard for the weak. The Lord delivers him in time of trouble. The Lord will protect him and preserve his life. He will bless him in the land and not surrender him to the desires of his foes. The Lord will sustain him on his sickbed and restore him from his bed of illness. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I was sharing the other day with you that you know when i was sick the first thing i did was to pray for as many other sick people as possible and really believe let me tell you for god to heal them and and i praise god for wonderful wonderful answers to prayer there were in those days in the lives of others as well as in my own life but here you see all these blessings come upon the one who is concerned about others. Jesus said there is no greater love than this, that a man lays down his life for his friends. Now, Jesus laid down his life for us, but he he also says that we are to love one another as he has loved us. Well, if he loved us by laying his life down for us, we are to love others by laying our lives down for them. That is by having a regard or having a real concern, but it's, it's doing more than that. It's doing things. It's doing good, trusting in the Lord and doing what is good. And what does the Lord do in response? He protects us. He preserves our life. He blesses us in the land. He doesn't surrender us to our foes. He sustains us on the sickbed and restores us from our illnesses. I mean, that's pretty good. But you see, it's all in line with what Jesus taught. The measure you give is the measure you get back. So many benefits from one simple act of kindness. If you give, God will give back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over me. Oh, and running over, not running over me. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just jumping ahead because I'm looking at, the, at verse 4. I said, O oh Lord, have mercy on me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. I, I, I like that, you know, because there's a sense in which sin is spiritual sickness. It needs to be forgiven, and we need to be healed from the effects of sin, and from uh, really the power of sin in our lives. The cross has broken that power of sin. We don't need uh, to submit to it anymore. Um, and and I I I love it that that you know this great and mighty God, this this ruler of the universe, this King of Glory is concerned about you and about me in the situation that we're in. But he's also so concerned to see how we are doing good to others, how we're expressing his love and his compassion and his concern, how we're being merciful to those who have sinned against us. And and there's no doubt, you see, from what Jesus teaches, and no doubt from what we read here in the psalm, that what we're able to receive from God is is dependent to a certain extent upon what we give to others. It's not that we earn God's blessings or we can earn his grace. Grace is what is given freely by the goodness of God, although we deserve nothing. If you earn something, it's a reward. It's not grace. And yet there is reward. Jesus talks about reward, and he rewards every man according to what he has done. And I I would just encourage and urge everyone you have a need then reach out to meet the need of others and you will see that in doing that god will bless you and more will be poured into your life than would have happened otherwise another aspect of this psalm that i think is very interesting colin is that david is obviously aware of his enemies but he doesn't speak to his enemies he speaks to god about them he's always wanting god to vindicate him Yes, vindication is a, quite a, an interesting subject in Scripture. Um, I think the truth is that God doesn't really vindicate people. He vindicates the truth. So the people that hold fast to the truth become vindicated. And you see, David's attitude was, look, Lord, I contend for the truth of who you are. My enemies are all over the place. They, they not only oppose me, they oppose you. So in vindicating the truth, vindicate me, or you can put it the other way. If you vindicate me, you will vindicate the truth, but you will also vindicate the faithfulness and holiness of your own name. And I think that's the point. You see, that God vindicates himself, he vindicates the truth, he vindicates his word. Therefore, those who love him and who hold fast to that word uh, are included in that whole process of vindication. I know that you are pleased with me, for my enemy does not triumph over me. Yeah, and this is the thing, you see, what is your enemy? Well, your enemy is not necessarily a person. Your enemy might be sickness, your enemy might be need, your enemy might be um, some way in which the enemy is seeking to bring confusion into your life. But it doesn't matter what the nature of your enemy, the Lord actually enables you to overcome. In all this that we've seen so far, Julia, in these first 41 Psalms, we've seen so much of the way in which the Lord ministers to David personally. And and I've tried to encourage everybody to see that what was true for David is true for all of us, and more so because we have this wonderful relationship with Jesus. But when we come to Psalm 42, we come to a change of mood. Um, the, the first 41 Psalms are Psalms of David, and now we come to Psalms that were written by others. Um, uh, Korah was... Um, uh, uh, an author of of several of these following psalms. And that's not to be mixed up with the Korah that rebelled against uh, Moses. That was a different one altogether. Um, And we have this wonderful, wonderful opening of Psalm 42, as the deer pants for streams of water... So my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my God, my Savior and my God. Wonderful, wonderful verses. What what is the psalmist saying? There was a time... When I was so full of joy and thanksgiving and praise for God, I used to lead the procession of the praising people that went up to the house of the Lord. And now I'm in a situation where I'm feeling I'm struggling. I'm panting for the streams of water that once I knew, it seems those streams have dried up. I'm panting for you, God. It seemed that I was so close to you, and now I just feel so remote to you. My soul thirsts for you. Thirst to know you, thirst to be close to you, like I used to be. Where can I go and meet with you in the way that that I did? And then it's almost as if the psalmist corrects himself, and he asks himself this question. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? And he knows the answer to his own questions. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You see, he realizes that his mistake had been to look at himself, his feelings, to get downcast, depressed, disturbed. But his God is the faithful one. So he's saying, get your focus back on the Lord. Keep that focus there. Keep panting after him. Keep thirsting after him. Don't get distracted by the circumstances because in his faithfulness, I know he will lead me back to that place of freedom, of joy, of praise, Where I know that he's heard me. I know that he's met with me. I know that he's done what was necessary. And I expect many of us could look back at a period of our times when we felt we were so much more spiritually alive than we are now. And perhaps going through that struggle, well, you see, the message of these verses is don't give up, don't settle for anything less than the best that you have known keep thirsting, keep hungering after God, being back in that place of of such trust in him that you know that you're fully confident that he will meet your need. And you can be absolutely sure that because of his love for you and because of his desire to be one with you, he will lead you through, he will carry you through, and he will bring you back to that place of liberty, of freedom, of joy, of praise, of power in the name of Jesus.